Alright everybody, we're back with another episode of Pass, Play, or Purchase. This is your host, Kevin. And this is Leanne. As always, thanks for listening. So this time we're going to take a look at Cat in the Box by Bezier Games, which I was like, oh, that's a, that name's not too bad. It's referencing, I guess, what both Jack in the Box and then uh, Schrodinger's Paradox, all in one name. So yeah, pretty good. Uh, as you could probably therefore imagine, it is a, and this is, Quoted from the game itself, a quantum trick-taking game uh, designed by... Yeah, yep. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, I mean, I know one version of quantum would be a small amount, but it's not uh, the way that is being used here. Quantum leap. way that, uh, I guess, so quantum would be used would be in relation to, like, what, physics and all of that. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know how not to explain a... it other than, I mean, right, it's like one zero or in between or, right, you don't know until it actually is revealed, I that guess is... for lack of better phrasing and oversimplification. That is more than I could have done, did not understand physics. Oh boy. Well, either way, so there you go. And we'll get, of course, into how that plays into the uh, game, right, the theme. But uh, continuing on, it was designed by Muneyuki Yokouchi and illustrated by Osamu Inoue. It's a card-based game for two to five players and expected to last around 30 minutes, which uh, at least for like, three players, I guess, I'd say that sounds about right. Uh, it feels pretty quick moving, so yeah, good work on the timing there. Uh, for four, maybe if you play it pretty quickly, sure. Uh, can be found for about $24. This was, of course, before any kind of special holiday savings that might have come up. Uh, so, of course, though, feel free to check with your favorite store. Maybe you'll uh, find a special if you look recently. Thematically, so you are playing cards uh, kind of like a la Trumps. And it's, I guess, what research that you are kind of putting up there. And the cards don't have a suit until you play them, and that kind of is where the quantum part comes in, right? Again, it could be any of uh, four different mm -hmm. suits, and then... Oh! Yep. Oh. So you don't know until it's actually played. Ah! Uh, so, yeah, and of course you're just trying to score the most victory points at the end, which is done via a running tally, but for the mechanics, we'll turn things over to Leanne. So as Kevin mentioned, Cat in the Box is a trick-taking game. And if you're not familiar with the concept of trick-taking, I know Kevin mentioned the game of trumps earlier, but basically trick-taking means that every round there will be cards played and someone is going to win that set of cards based on the rules of the game. So Cat in the Box is a trick-taking game, as Kevin mentioned. And if you're not familiar with what trick-taking means, Kevin mentioned trumps. Uh, but basically it means that every round there will be cards played and someone is going to win that set of cards based on the rules of the game. This game comes with a deck of 45 cat cards and the values of the cards go from 1 through 9. There's 5 cards of each value. What's cool about this game, like Kevin mentioned, is that the cards themselves have only values but no suits. So what you do is you decide the suit of the card when you play it. There is a central board with tracks in four colors representing the card suits, red, yellow, green, and blue. Each track runs from 1 through 9, so there are 36 spaces in total on the central board. At the start of the round, you shuffle and deal the cat cards to the players. 
The cards are dealt evenly, so if there are two players or four players, you will have cards that go back into the box. Each player looks at their hand of cards and places a bet on their player board to indicate how many tricks they are betting they will win, one, two, or three tricks. Higher values win, and the trump suit of red beats the other suits. On each round, the starting player plays a card. When they play it, they decide which suit it is, red, yellow, green, or blue, and they place one of their player tokens on the central board to cover that space. Everyone else in turn order also plays a card and puts their token. Highest card wins that trick. You keep going until all cards have been played and that's the end of the round. If you're ever unable to play a card because there isn't a space available on the central board, you must declare a paradox and the round ends immediately. Once the round has ended, you score. And so you score one point for every trick you won. Plus, if you won exactly the number of tricks you predicted, you also get one additional point for each token in the longest continuous chain of your tokens that is placed on the central board, so orthogonally connected tokens. If the round ended because of a paradox, unfortunately the player who caused the paradox loses one point per trick that they won, and they do not get the bonus points for their tokens on the central board. The game continues until all players have had a chance to be the starting player, and at the end of the game, the player with the most points wins, and that is Cat in the Box. Alright, thanks for that rundown, so we'll go ahead and get into our uh, notes over here. So I'll start off with, of course, the positives. Um, it is a relatively well-produced game, so like the components are nice. There's a bunch of plastic tokens, um, where Leanne was mentioning, right, you put down your own player color, which it's kind of neat. I mean, some of them are what science themed. I don't know if all of them are. They're supposed to be. To, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but in general, it's nice. Um, you know, easy to handle. I think the only issue is two of the colors were kind of similar to each other. Light blue and dark blue. Right. I mean, thankfully, again, the token shapes are totally different. But yeah, just something to know. Aside from that, it is pretty easy to teach, pretty easy to set up, play, all that good stuff. Oh, and I forgot to mention also it is a double layer board, at least for where you put the tokens in. Your own individual board where you put down your, uh, I guess what, bid for the number of packs and stuff is not quite a double layer. It's like a, I don't know, one and a half layer almost. I mean, there's a vague indentation, but anyway. Uh, yeah, so aside from that, again, it's a pretty simple game. Uh, and I mean that in a good way. Thankfully, there is that element of strategy that Leanna mentioned where right, you want to orthogonally connect. And of course, like any other bidding game, you want to have your own correct bid. I think that's it for the positives for me. For the words of caution, though, there's a handful. So one, of course, is if you don't like card-based or trick-taking games, well, this won't be for you. So that's pretty easy. Um, the other side is that you know, I was trying to figure out how deep the strategy really is. I mean, we played this a handful of times, for better or for worse, pretty much with the same group of people. Mm -hmm. And so I think while there's always that strategic thought as far as, oh, you know, if I can create this long orthogonal connection, I'll really rack up the points, etc., etc. It, it's that, you know, a more dominant strategy than winning the packs. So... Yeah, I'm not sure. So while while I'm glad that there's an additional layer of depth, I don't know how meaningful it is. 
I mean, at the end of the day, it's not meant to be a heavy game anyway, by any means, which I guess you could take as another word of caution, but... Do you think, um, I forgot to mention in the rules portion, but you can declare yourself to be out of a suit. So the red, yellow, green, and blue. I mean, obviously, once those tracks fill up, everybody is out of, say, the green suit. But you can also declare, I am out of green. I'm not going to play any more green for the rest of this hand. Right. Is that a strategy? I don't know. Well, I mean, it definitely makes it a little bit more fluid, I guess, as far as the gameplay. Uh, I mean, coming back to trying to get your orthogonal placement, because I think well, you need to win your bid to have that count. You need to have, yeah, correctly predicted how many tricks you're winning. Yeah, so in that sense, I guess it can be sort of a race to the bottom. I mean, not exactly, right? It's not like you're trying to win zero, but... Yeah, I mean, I feel like conservatively you're going to go one, maybe two, but yeah, I don't know. Again, it just it's an interesting mechanic that I don't think we've explored the strategy deep enough, although we've played it many, many times, actually. Mm -hmm. So uh, if anybody has commentary out there, would love some feedback. But I mean, my kind of offhand is, I mean, it's something to try to optimize, I guess, but not necessarily plan around. I don't know if that makes it good strategy or bad strategy, or, or actually, I don't know if that makes it strategy. So, yeah, word of caution on that. Uh, aside from that, I mean, again, like I mentioned, it is by no means a heavyweight game. But, yeah, really, I think that's pretty much it. What about for you? So, I agree that this game is relatively accessible, it's pretty simple to teach and learn, and it's nicely designed. In fact, a coworker recently was asking me uh, if there was a game I would recommend, and I thought of this game, Cat in the Box, right away, thinking that it's good for beginner gamers, entry-level gamers, uh, it's not too intimidating, it's good for a, you know, a small handful of a group, uh, and it's pretty compact and pretty affordable and decently available. And so I thought, you know, there is some light strategy. I like the twist on the typical trick-taking game because there is that central board, so it's a little different than just, let's just use a regular, you know, 52 deck of cards and play trumps. I like cats. I think the artwork is really cute. They did a good job with that. But yeah, I did end up recommending this. This is my number one recommendation to a coworker who asked for a game. So interesting. You didn't want to go the uh, cooperative route for a coworker and have something like uh, the crew. Mm, I feel like cooperation is it can be difficult, right? Some people really love it. It definitely makes things more difficult because now you have to try to work with other people and there's the pressure of other people depending oh, on that's you. that's the idea of the, if, if it's a co-worker. Oh, it was for the co-worker to play with her friends. Oh. Not something, we don't have time to play games at work. Wow. <laughs> it could have been a social thing, who knows? But okay. I guess okay. now just so we clarify, it's you know, not for a team bonding uh, experience. <laughs> That's not what I meant. Yeah, not I wasn't thinking of a team bonding game. Those I could see, okay fine, you gotta force the co-op. Um Wow. <laughs> Again, now we know how we feel about co-op over here, but uh yeah. Uh in terms of any words of caution I guess I would say the tokens are a little bit fiddly to set up. They, you know, in the box there is an insert for those uh, five different colors of plastic tokens, and they just fit. 
Uh, I like to patiently kind of wiggle them out of the box. Kevin likes to flip the box over and dump them all out at once. Yep. So I think it's way more efficient that way. But and then, I, it's not like I'm recklessly flipping it over, mind you. I'm is, like trying to do it so that it's contained within the kind of box area. I guess so, but the thing is we usually play on our friend's table and his table is glass and it's just so loud. Wow, all right then. <laughs> that's, uh, that's some sensibilities over there. I just, I don't know. It's, it makes a sound that I don't like. And so, and anyway, so that's my one word of caution. I think the tokens are a little bit fiddly. Oh, and I guess to Kevin's point on strategy, I guess I'll add this word of caution. It's, I mean, it's dependent on the card deal, right? So yes, there's some strategy, make the most of your hand and, you know, accurately predict how many tricks you can win and all of that. You can certainly try to get your tokens more connected on the game board. One of our friends in particular is good about doing that. But um, I think there's a huge random element to this game because it starts with what cards are you dealt. So, you know, take that for what it is. All right, thanks. So I guess we'll go ahead and get into our decision. So for me, yeah, my gut reaction was that this is a play. Uh, to Leanne's point though, so if I think I had a broader, I guess, group maybe for lack of better phrasing, uh, if I was really trying to introduce more and more people to the hobby and or had uh, more friends who were interested in just light games, then I would count this as a purchase. But yeah, I think I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with a play though. It's a, it's a solid game. Okay, I would say it's a purchase. If you're looking for something that's quick, that most people will play, and that doesn't take up a whole lot of space. I also really like puzzle type games. I feel like there's a little bit of a puzzle element to this because of the, you know, the one through nine and the four suits and not getting blocked out so you have a paradox. And I think this one is well designed. I like games that are small but really kind of pack a punch in a little package. All right, well, there you have it. So we have uh, one play, one purchase. I mean, overall, pretty neat game. So yeah, sounds like maybe you should go check it out. But as always, we thank you for listening. Thank you.